Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Simon here from the Rams Writer Podcast. The podcast from the fan for the fans. So, ha, hmm, yes. Going to be a bit of a busy show tonight. I've got a lot to talk about. Passion of Jim Smith, Derby's recent performances, and a lot of your questions and answers. So, without further ado, let's get to it. Let's do this. So firstly then, we're going to start with the uh, passing of uh, Jim Smith, the late, great Jim Smith, the bold eagle, you know, the legend of Jim Smith, the manager that took Derby to the Premier League and gave us a, you know, really gave us a great go at the Premier League. You know, we were, weren't sure of getting European football again at Derby. You know, he brought some great names in his time. Uh, sadly, he passed away on the 10th of December. And what what can you say about him that's not already been said? You know, fantastic man management, fantastic bloke. You know, it was the sort of bloke that, you know, if you'd messed up as a player on the pitch, you'd know about it. But then, all was forgotten. You know, so, and like I said, you know, Jim Smith for Derby County, he, he changed Derby's fortunes, he changed Derby's style, he changed the way we played, you know, he changed our history, I guess. All of a sudden, you know, we were, you know, we were we were comfortable, I suppose, sitting in in Division One after a failed playoff attempt. We weren't really doing too good. Uh we signed Igor Stimak, you know, foreign central defender from Croatia and that ultimately changed our fortunes you know I think in his debut we lost 6-1 to Tranmere away to Tranmere Rovers and Stimak scored on his debut and um, from that we went on a big big run to the end of the season and, and got promoted it concluded at the baseball ground winning 2-1 against Crystal Palace and that was it the Rams finally got back to the Premier League you know so you know what? what a guy you know, you know, there's so many great memories about him. He got us into the Premier League, you know, he kept us in the Premier League. He bought some top class players that, you know, not many people had you know, you've probably not heard of them. Like Mark Pooms, your your Paolo One Chops, Francesco Bayano, Stefano Aranio, Robin Van der Laan. You know, all these you know, some some great you know, great, great players. You know that that really did a job for Derby County, and you know kept us fighting in the Premier League. You know he took us to the Premier League, and we didn't fear any teams. Manchester United beat them, Chelsea beat them, Arsenal beat them, Liverpool beat them. All great clubs at the time, and Derby were beating them, and and that's what Jim Smith did did for Derby County. So, you know, to lose a great like that, it, it's you know it. it it hurts a bit, you know, because, I mean, I was, what, seven, eight years old growing up. And was six years out of Derby County. And, you know, that was, you know, I was going to, you know, every home game, quite a few away games. And I watched that team transform. And it brought me great joy to be a Derby County fan. And for that, I thank you, Jim Smith. So I will move on now to current affairs. So currently then, Derby have played two home games this week. Um, yeah, and we've got a point out of them. Sheffield Wednesday, Wednesday night, drew one all. And then losing against Millwall yesterday, Saturday, 1-0. And I think the problem has been the performances. They've just not been there. Lazy, lacklustre. It's not. It's not. You know. Both. I suppose you can say both games are a game of two halves, if you like that old cliche. It's a game of two halves. It is, but it shouldn't be. You know, against Sheffield Wednesday, we got absolutely battered for the first forty-five minutes. We looked any void of any confidence. We didn't look to move the ball quick. No tempo. No nothing. Sideways, backwards passing. Wasn't good at all, and it. There's no excuse for it. To then come out in the second half, start being more direct, start running, start working, start creating chances. 
you know, there's, there's no excuse for it. Yes, we got the goal. It was a penalty, but I thought we deserved it. I thought potentially we actually could have probably deserved the three points in the second half. We did have, we did, we looked to have Sheffield Wednesday on the ropes a bit, to be honest. And then we came to Millwall. You know, Millwall visited Pryor Park. Gary Rowett, former manager, you'd think you want to do one over your your old gaffer. But no, again, first half. I think I think for maybe the first five minutes, six minutes, we. We may have looked like we wanted to be in this game, and he thought, okay. But now we can see the goal. You know, I think ball gets played to Chris Martin. His head is not the best. Intercepted, long ball. Uh, Bradshaw runs between Bogle and Forsyth. Neat little header past Forsyth, and volleys in past Hamer. Nothing he could really do about it. Pace, power, swerve, everything on the shot. You know, he got fingers to it, but he was never going to stop it. And, you know, you'd think that might make him wake up, especially after the the week, the, 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 the midweek game. It didn't. It, it, we didn't wake up again until the second half, when, again, we started using the width, you know, Bogle, Lowe, both getting down the wings, you know, causing problems. It was, you know, Waggle, you know, Bogle was getting crossed into the box. Waggle missed a shot from about eight yards. Um, I think Bogle... Hit the po- uh, uh, Bogle's cross caused a bit of issue for a keeper. Uh, Bogle again another cross took a deflection and again keeper forced a good save. But we just couldn't find any a- any clear cut chance. It's not good enough. We as fans know this. I'm I'm sure the players know this. The manager definitely knows it. You know, and then what you get then? You get right cockle out, cockle out, cockle out. It's not going anywhere. Ryan Conway from the Athletic tweeted out last night. You know the border, you know the upstairs seem to be patient. You know have patience with them, even though the fans don't. And then also, again, Cocky mentioned something in his post-match uh, press uh, to the written press about having. I think his words were around about yeah we might have Wayne Rooney coming Wayne Rooney coming in January but I don't think that's enough. That's a cry to Mel Morris to say get me some players in and get them in now in January. He needs the backing. We do not have the players or the squad to compete. We just don't. It's simple facts, you know. And I, I get, I, 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 you know, if you're entitled to, you know, you want a new manager in, that's fine. I don't mind that. You know, you're entitled to that opinion. You know, I, I'm backing the manager. I have done since he first came in. I've said it before that I thought it was going to be mid-table. But, you know, we have to look at facts now. We have to look at this squad that we've got. You know, I wrote an article yesterday um, sort of summarising a bit where we are and how, you know, Mel Morris is perhaps the best thing and the worst thing that happened to this club. Because right now... Where we are, it, 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 Mar Morris has to take some of this blame. So, obviously, when Mel Morris, you know, brought the club, you know, he he pumped a load of money in, multi millions of money in. You know, we bought a load of players, but you know, then players just didn't cut it. The players he spent big money on, gave big wages, even giving big contracts to those who failed in two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen, in the playoff final there. You know, it was probably potentially a bad idea. Um, and he he has to take some of the flack for this because he spent, 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 you know, probably been ill-advised on what players to buy, etc. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not... A, the likes of Jacob Butterfield, the likes of Anya, potentially Bradley Johnson not being worth what it was. We were buying players in their prime for high prices that we were never going to get our money back on. Putting them on big, big contracts, you know. So uh, and now it's catching up with us again. We have literally gone full circle. We got relegated from the Premier League. Nigel Clough came in, had to stabilise his squad, stabilise the team, bring the bring the cost of the squad down, the wages down, and rebuild. Now we're we're in the same position five years on. You know, Mel Morris had a five-year plan to get us promoted, get us into the Premier League, get us stable in the Premier League, and then in the fifth year, get us pushing for Europe. That was his plan. That was his dream. 
and you know that's great you know that, that you know i don't mind that a bit of you know, that sort of optimism is fantastic and when you know when this money come in we were all quite ambitious about it and we thought yeah you know what especially after the, obviously the playoff the playoff final in 13 14 we thought yeah you know what this this team with some investment with some players with some money could potentially get into the premier league But it, you know, it it didn't happen. But another factor is was managers. You know, we had McLaren, obviously, who took us from the playoff final. Then the next season, took we were doing well, and then all of a sudden finished seventh, eighth. And obviously, there was the rumours about Newcastle. But we didn't do anything about them. Um. And that is partly McLaren's fault, but Kamel have offered him another contract, a new contract. Like he did, obviously, a couple of years later with Gary Rowett when there was interest from Stoke. Because that then kills the speculation. No, what he did, he waited to the end of the season and sacked him. He could have he could have got a payout if he'd not sacked him. Instead, we had to pay McLaren for sacking him. And uh, Clement came in, we were top, had a bit of a slump as we tend to do uh, around Christmas time. He dropped down to fifth and we sacked him. You know, And he also cancelled a trip to Dubai as well that was planned for the players. I think I think we played Reading or something at home and we have a drew nil-nil or one-all and Mel Morris went into the change room afterwards, slated the players and cancelled a trip to Dubai. Yeah, that, that probably wasn't his best move. So then we got Wassell, and obviously that year then we ended up going to the playoffs, losing the semis to Hull. So next season comes another manager, Nigel Pearson. We have a really, really, really shocking transfer window. I think did we buy two players in Anya and um, Vidra? You know, on on deadline day, that was about it. Played a played a system that wasn't working for the players. But again, did he did he get a chance to get his players in? Because let's not forget, Nigel Pearson, you know, he has got form in his managerial experience with what he did with Leicester. Got them promoted. Helped them survive the drop from the Premier League as well. You know, but we know he's a bit of a feisty character and I think him and Mel clashed. So what did he do? Got rid of him. Oh, look, we'll bring another. So we brought McLaren back in again. So McLaren comes in, sorts us all out. You know, gets us from 19th up to 6th in the space of a couple of months. Amazing what a run can do in the championship. So that happens. Then all of a sudden we go for another slump uh, after Christmas. You know we're trying to get we, you know we were trying to get Chris Martin back from Fulham. Didn't happen. Didn't really bring anyone in. I think we brought Julian Desart in. Very poor signing that was. And ultimately he sacks him again. What? Well, you know. And then we bring in Gary Rowett. Gary Rowett eases up to the end of the season and finish mid-table. Obviously then takes us on for the next season, buys some players in, and we get and we get um we get to the playoffs. And then he go, you know, during that season obviously we offered him a new contract and then he went to Stoke. Whatever. Um you know, Gary Rowett says it's because of he couldn't do what Mel Morris wanted him to do again, reducing the wage bill, bringing through youth, etc. He, he felt he couldn't do that, you know, and that that's his word. I'm, you know, I, I, that's just what he said. Obviously, you know, we we've a lot of fans have said, "Oh, they just went for the money," but whatever. So we don't know the full story. There's a lot that goes off in football that we don't know about as fans. Uh, and then obviously Lampard, and then we we know what happened with Lampard. In rejuvenates the side, brings in you know three Premier League pre- uh, quality players. Um, Spends some more money bringing in some other players. Scrapes the uh, the playoff uh, the playoff spots, gets to the final. What for whatever reason doesn't start Jack Marriott gets it all wrong. We're losing the final, and then he decides to go to Chelsea. You know, but so it's been a it's been a mess, and so now what Derby are left with is basically the the, the a lot of the signings came from Paul Clement, who you know spent. Big, big, lots of money on on not the best sort of players. I think the only sort of players we may have had a return on were Vidra and Tom Ince, and that's it. 
it, it doesn't make any sense. So we have to look at how the football club's being run, you know, to to see where we are. Because now, what happened at the end of this season was was we lost sixteen players altogether. It, you know, if you include obviously youth players and stuff like that, that goes on to a bit more. I can't remember. I think it might be in the twenties, like twenty three or something like that altogether. But at least eight of them players were first team players last season and important players of the squad. To lose that many players and then to get another manager who came in late because of obviously Lampard deciding whether he was going to stay at Derby or go to Chelsea, having a holiday. Mel said, yeah, go on holiday, mate, think about it. He didn't think of the repercussions of how it's going to affect a new manager coming in. Because automat- or, you know, realistically, the squad then became thin as anything and it lost a lot of top talent. A heck of a lot of top talent was lost. And we, we couldn't replace it. We brought in loans that probably aren't good enough. And we gave a manager no time at all to to buy you know, to assess his squad. He didn't know what we had or what we didn't have in this team. So he he couldn't assess his squad properly. You know, so we had to be advised by his scouts of where we need to replace. So Dow was obviously brought in for Mount. You know, there's <laughs> The difference in quality between Dow and Mount Dow potentially has been one of our worst signings this summer. Um, we brought in Jamie Patterson because we needed a winger. Jamie Patterson's not a winger. Um, I think there was other targets that he wanted, but uh, we couldn't afford them, or we, you know, we we couldn't, we weren't allowed to get them for whatever reason. So. Kaku's basically stuck with a squad of players that are from McLaren's time, Rowett's time. Is there anybody left from Clement's time? <laughs> a, a mixed match of, of, of all these different managers. Pearson's time. They're not his players. They're not his squad. I looked at the team we put out last night. Uh, last night, yesterday. And I think Ben Hamer was the only one that he... That was his, you know, that he brought in. But let's not let, let's 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 think about it. So the only reason that Hamer came in was because Scott Carson went to Man City. That's the only reason why. And that, again, that I think was down to wages. So, you know, it, it again it got him off the books. So essentially, our club financially is in a bit of a pickle. That's why we sold the sold the stadium. It might have been a smart move, but. Should we have let ourselves get into that position where we've had to sell our asset? Yeah, I know we've sold it, you know, technically to ourselves. But should we have? Should we have been in that position in the first place? You know, th- and this is where some, you know, Mel Morris has got to take a little bit of brunt of this. But you know, like I said, for the amb- you know for the ambition, and you know for what he's done for the club in putting that money into the club and trying to get this club out of the out of the Championship and into the Premier League. You know, we've got to tip our hats to him for that. You know, but I think he's made a few mistakes that ultimately he would have learnt from now. And I think we definitely need to look at the scouts because our recruitment has been, you know, it's not been the greatest over the past few seasons. So all of a sudden, Koku's come into a situation where he's got, like I've just said, he's got he's got a mismatch of players. You know, I look at you look at the players yesterday, the squad, the, the team that came out yesterday. Yeah, Max Lowe, academy product. Yeah, don't mind that. You know, probably get probably got a bit of credit out of yesterday. Played played all right. Um, your centre backs, Fozzie, who you obviously came is a, is naturally a left back or a left winger. Now playing at centre back, Davis. You know, 34, 34, 35 is he now? Last year of his contract, so is Fozzie as well. Um, and I think, you know, as good as a player he was under Gary Rowett, I think now his age is catching up on him. Because we don't press high because of fear of getting players getting in behind. Because we haven't got the legs in central defence to get back. And then Jaden Bogle, again, another academy product. So, fair, you know, again, we know he's a decent player, but he's been, I don't know, he just seemed a bit off it recently. Is his head been turned? Is the club coming for him? You know, he doesn't want to get injured. You know, we've heard the rumours. We've heard the rumours. You know, that it's, I think it's, is it Burnley? 
or Brighton, Burnley, I think it is. They want to be, you know, they want him in this, in, in January, so he could potentially be off. You may feel to look at George Evans, a Lampard signing. I, I, I've never known what, what Lampard saw in him. Not seeing it on the pitch, perhaps suits the centre back role better. I'm not sure, but to hold that midfield central defensive midfield role, I just can't see it. You know, I know Beale. It was you know Beale. It was on the bench. Was he 100 percent fit? You know, Koku said he's okay, but obviously, you know, we've got a lot of games coming up. You know, in a short period of time, so he wants him to be fit. Um, and then you got Knight Academy product again. Came out with a lot of credit from me after Sheffield Wednesday again. You know, same again yesterday. Works his, you know, works his socks off. Doesn't stop running. Doesn't stop working. You know, and he's doing this in a, in a poor side. Holmes, another player that you know, I think he he had a good game yesterday, but you know, sometimes struggles with his with his end product. And I think we need that from the midfield again. That's where where we're lacking in midfield. Is that end product that creative spark? Um. Tom Lawrence, you know, a route signing, was seven million we paid for him. He's never shown that price tag. He's never shown that worth. You know, he, he dibs in and out of games, very inconsistent. We know he's a good player when he's on it, but it's getting him to be on it all the time. Waggon, I know he's our top scorer, but take away the penalties and, you know, his, his scoring charts go down. He missed a couple of penalties as well. From open play, he's, you know, he looks... He doesn't look like the finisher that you know he was a couple of seasons ago at Ipswich. And he wasn't that finisher again last season. Yeah, he got I think it was eleven goals at Simeon last season. And for a striker, that's I know he played on the wing, but he got more goals playing on the wing for for Ipswich the season before. And then Chris Martin, you know, an, another one that we hoped I guess could revive us. But he needs players around him, and he's not getting that at the moment, and he's not getting any anything made for him. We, you know, Martin, Martin's that player that you know he's a striker, and he needs he needs chances creating for him. You know, he'll he'll quite happily create chances for other people. But and again, you know, so miss a, a total mismatch side, and it's the, the performances are showing. You know, the Cocky said after after the game that they lack courage to play football. And I think they did, especially you know, well, especially in the first half. You know, we didn't look to press. You know, Millwall, Millwall got the goal and sat back. Let's go play football then. No, we'll try and hit it long. Why? They've got all the you know, got three six foot plus defenders there. You're not you're not going to win anything. You know, and again, is it confidence, courage, whatever you want to call it? Be brave enough to play football. So what if the, you know? And this is this. I guess this is part of the reason. You know, it's it's the booing, but. Fans have the right to express themselves. If they're not happy, they're not happy. Yes, in a perfect world, we'd all get behind the lads. There's two ways to react. If someone blows a pass or blows a good chance, there's, boo, you're awful, orders, all right, no worries, better luck next time. And we know which one comes first, the majority of the time. You know, so we have that right. So, but, you know, the players need to get over this and they need to start playing football. They need to start knocking the ball around. They need to start playing with tempo. Like they've shown they can do. They've got to just start doing it for 90 minutes though. You know, so... Like I said, I, I'm Koku in. I always have been. You know, and despite recent performances, recent results, we need to give him the full season. Because at the moment... I, I, with this, with this, with these players at the moment, I, I can't see anybody coming in and, and, and turning around the fortunes, because I just think there's not enough quality in the side, and there's just not enough depth. There's not, there's not enough squad depth. So I, you know, I, I know, I, I understand, and I, I, and I get your worries, and and I get your anger and your frustrations at why we're playing so bad, but you know, unfortunately, we, you know, we don't have that God-given right. To be top six, we've been there for the past six years. We don't have that God-given right to continue doing it. You can't keep failing and failing and failing like we have, you know. So perhaps a season of poor football, while we let a new manager settle in and create his own squad, create his own team, is what is needed at Derby County because we did it with Clough. Clough was given time. If it wasn't such a big name as Cocky, would he be getting as much stick? Because Clough had to do this, and Clough struggled for the first couple of seasons whilst he built his own squad. You know, we need. We, I think 
what what this squad needs now is players that aren't on big wages, that are you know either young, yeah, potentially young and maybe a couple of experienced guys to come in and rejuvenate the squad, come in and want to play football, want to earn their contract. You know that, and that, that's you know that that that's my feelings on it all anyway. So basically, whether you Koku in or Koku out, we have to give him time. As frustrating and painful as it might be, he needs time to build his own squad, build his own team. You know, and that's you know, unfortunately, we've got to wait. Mel can't afford to pull the trigger. Hopefully January comes, we get a few signings in, and obviously we get the investment, and we can turn it around. Because we've seen teams do it before, we've seen Fulham do it, we've seen Billy do it. There's always that one team that turns it around. Potentially it could be us this season. So, I asked for your questions, your comments, and I got a pl- I got plentiful. <laughs> Thank you very much for all, the, all those that uh, commented in questions. I'm going to try and read them all out, try and answer them. So... The first one then uh, is I, I I'm not I don't want me, he doesn't want me to read his name out because you know this is just what he's heard from someone that potentially is close to the club I don't know how true it is but it surrounds Mr Jack Marriott obviously we all want Jack Marriott in the squad but again you know he he was he was injured he got injured he's got a grade A muscle injury whatever that means. Um, you know and that's I think that's 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 something else that's irking fans but he he doesn't seem to be in the squad much you know Lampard didn't play him much Koku again is reluctant to play him is an underlying issue we don't know you know it's all under wraps but this is coming anyway and it says Jack Marriott to a haul in January loan deal already agreed not turn up to training lazy and not injured today so I don't know how true that is but like I said I'm you know this is just Someone's someone's DM'd me on it. Um, it could be a load of bollocks, or it could be the truth. You know, if it's the truth, though, it it, it does make sense that he's, you know, you know, the rumor sparked last season that he was he was on the golf course rather than at training. Said he was ill. You know, we don't know how true they are. You know, no one no one from the club has said, oh yeah, it was true, but obviously they're not going to. You know, player protection and all that. But if he goes, you know, he goes. If he's not turning up for training, and there is a lot of people there that rate him highly, and you know, I was one of them. But we got to look at his record over last, you know, over last. You know, he he went on a bit of a purple patch, whereas enjoying his football last season, I think was it four. I can't remember how many goals it was now. How many games? He, he went. I know he went into double digits. He went on a bit of a purple patch, banging him in for fun. But the goals dried up. The performances dried up. The ultimate end on the bench. Then he revived his, you know, he revived his his form for Leeds away. Bagged two goals. They got dropped for Wembley. And then this season again, struggled to start. He's got one goal in ugh, sixteen appearances. I think it is now. Majority of them have come off the bench. So there's something not quite right, you know, and we've seen him, he's had a few chances where you think, yeah, the old Jack Marriott that was in that purple patch last season would have buried him, he's, he's just not, he's just not done it. I think it was, just, I've got it in my head that it was Norwich away last season, which was December time, where we won 4-3, that was his last goal before the Leeds game, so it's not the best record, if, if truth be told. So, I, I wouldn't normally read that out, but... You know, I thought, you know what, it's it's a it's a valid talking point to be honest. Um, Nathan Middleton on Facebook then. If the manager wasn't Philip Koku, would he be under more pressure? Big name in that. You know what? I, I don't think he would. The reason why is the simple fact of what Mel Morris said when when we first brought him. That this is a four year pro- four year deal, it's a it's a project that needs building. And I just think it's the fact that it's it needs to take time to to build what he wants to build. You know, he wants to bring the youth players through. That's what Mel Morris wants, and this is what uh, Koku did at PSV. Um, so I don't. I, so if it was somebody else, I, I don't think the pressure would be on neither because he can't afford to sack managers, and we we as a club cannot afford to keep going 
on the manager merry-go-round because we know how frustrating and annoying it is, you know, especially after you know the, the, the end of this season because we've got it in our faces every single day for weeks, waiting, is Lampard staying, is Lampard going? Oh, look, he's on holiday. Oh, look, he's, been, he's in London, he's meeting with such and such. Oh, he's doing this. <laughs> it, you know, and it wasn't right. And it's not good for the club. It's it, it it's an expense to the club for him to keep doing this, to keep sacking managers. So me personally, I think if it was another manager, then yeah, I think they'd still get the time as well. Kieran Parker, I love Kieran. Kieran always asks me questions that are outside the box. Box favorite derby kit and what changes to Pride Park would you make? So my favorite derby kit then is uh, from the nineties, um, about ninety eight, ninety nine. It's the um, it's the away kit. It is. Do you remember when we had the black and the, the white shirt with the pinstriped the pinstripes on it, the auto windscreen? It might have been ninety four, ninety five. There was an away shirt to that, which was like a, a navy blue and a light blue, and I think there was a bit of white splashed into it. That was my favourite Derby County kit. Um, yeah, that 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 one. To be honest, mate, uh, what changes would I like? Would I make to Pride Park? Uh, I'd put safe standing in. To be honest, I'm all for that. You know, you buy your ticket, you stand where your seat used to be. At South Stand, we stand all all game anyway, so you might as well make it legal. You might as well get it done, get it sorted, because no one stewards it. And anyway, it says right, you you not need to sit down. Yeah, it don't happen. So now I'd, I'd like to see safe standing put in. To be honest. Uh, yeah, nothing else really. Yeah, no. <laughs> Cheers for that, Kieran. Anthony Clark, Clarky underscore Arc on Twitter says, Previous years we have gone through spells where we think when the team clicks, something is going to be on the end of a beating. Don't feel it with this group. I think Cocker needs at least two transfer windows, but his formation, his frustration today looks like he feels he might not get this time. Um, yeah, th- there was times, especially last season, where you think... You know, this side's got some quality in it, and we, you know, we think we're going to give someone a good idea, and we did. Rotherham comes to mind, Bolton comes to mind. Was it Bolton? No, it was Rotherham. We stuffed someone else as well at home, and I can't remember who it was. And now it's gone. You'll have to tweet me on that, or DM me, or whatever on that, because I can't remember who it was. We, I know we battered Rotherham, didn't we? And we battered another. Well, it was Bolton, I'm sure it was, at home. Didn't Mason Mount get a hat trick? I can't remember. I'm, I'm, my my head's gone. My, my head's gone blank. But yes, no. We 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 do look like like you say. Last season we looked like if we click, we we give some a paste in. This season, no. I know. I I feel the same. I just when we went to the four four two diamond, I thought yes. When this team clicks, we are capable of giving someone a paste in. However, you know, I know there's arguments about his tactics and things like that. Why have we not gone back to this diamond? We the simple fact is I don't think we've got good enough players to play the diamond. Now we've lost well now we lost Shinny and you know at the moment we've lost Bielik for a couple of games. Pot- potentially when he's back when Bielik when both are back then yeah, it will click. But again that's going to be after January. Um, think Cockney is at least true transfer windows. Now I think yeah I know what you're saying about frustrations but I think his frustrations lie within the squad. I think he knows his team is not performing. He knows he needs better players in this team. He knows there's some players in this, this team that aren't up to it. So I think that's where his frustration lies. You know, or you know, or he sees them do it on training at train in training and then it comes to the game and they don't play. Like I said in his pre, in his post match interview yesterday, we just didn't have the courage to play football. And and he was right. We didn't have the courage to play football. We didn't have the courage to play football against Sheffield Wednesday. Again, in fairness, they did dominate, I think, the first half. We couldn't really get a grip on it. But the second half, you know, we we, we looked like we were going to, you know, like I say, we looked like we could have got three points out of it. So, yeah, I, I, I think he will get time. You know, like I say, like I just said earlier on in, in, in the podcast, um, Ryan Conway from The Athletic tweeted out yesterday that, you know, the, the board are happy to be patient with him. You know, understanding his time, I guess. So uh, these are from next one then from Lucy Hackett on DCFC for real fans on Facebook. If you're not in that group, go and click and join it. 
very good, very good uh, debates and stuff on there. Um, Lucy Hackett, we were awful and poor again. Need to sort our performances out. We're taking our away performance into our home. Need it sorted. Yeah, we do. And again, it, it looked like that void of confidence that we could show when we're away from home. It's now come home. But I think I think the pressure is, you know, I know after the Fulham game and we had obviously the two home games, you know, I think it was mentioned would it would would these two games feel like have a lot of pressure on them because of our away form? You know, and ultimately obviously Koku said no, which he's going to anyway. But I think it did because they know they're not performing away. And they know at home we're expected to win because of how good our home form has been. So yeah, that is a concern and it does need sorting. Jag Bowler, again on the same group. Uh, it's the Derby way, all Mel... Hold on. It's the Derby way, all Mel has a plan. God, know, God knows what it is. Sell the club to a good investor who will get the right manager who knows the league. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. So... Obviously, with the investor, the investor's not coming to take over the club. The investor's coming to put money in the club. How the shares are worked out, I don't know. You know, it's it's not been finalised yet, so we don't know how it's going to work. You know, the way it's sounding, it's coming across is Mel is still going to be um, in charge of the club, still going to be, you know, majority shareholder. So he'll have all the all the sound hiring and firing. This Henry Gabay is just going to put money in. You know, <clears throat> the right manager who knows the league. Well, a lot of managers are in this league that know the league. Doesn't mean they can get us out of this league. You know, I hear a lot of people saying Warnock. Yeah, but let, let, let's just let's just think about Neil Warnock. Yes, he got the he got Cardiff out of the league. Went to the Premier League, got relegated first season back. Kept the majority of his squad that was in the Premier League, and then he got a mid table before he got him sacked because he couldn't do it again. So just because they've got the knowledge of the league doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win it. Look at Farker at Norwich. Had a had a stinker, well, a stinker of a first season for you know what Norwich what would have hoped, but then turned it around the season after because he had time, and patience to build his own team. So. That that's why I'm at with that. Obviously, I'm 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 taking it. You make you're a bit of a cocky out but you know, person. That's fine. You get again. You, I don't mind that. You know, it's not. You know, I've seen a lot of debating going on on social media. There's a lot of slagging off of people just because you're not got the same opinion as them. You know, we don't. We, there's no need to. You, in my opinion, anyway, we we shouldn't be doing that. You know, just because someone doesn't agree with you, there's no need to to call them out. Or, you know, call them call them names or stuff. You know, it's, it's football. It's opinion. It's debate. You know, it's part of football. Uh, Anthony Smith on Facebook. I spoke to a friend who works at Derby Training Ground and he said that Lampard offered Derby County three young hungry players and was told that Koku has to pick has to pick them for team for the team. Alright, okay. Well I mean I like say again, you know, that's I'm not claiming to be in the know. You know, I don't you know, I don't know I don't know this I don't know Anthony. Um again it's just a fan, you know, and there I, there will be fans that have people that have friends that and you know and stuff that work at the club. I've got family that work at the club. You know, but they don't tell me anything because it's not their right to. But you know, and with you know, if if Lampard offered Derby County three young hungry players, you know, who were they? Are they any good? Could they have made a difference? But the final, you know, the 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 ultimate factor for me there is him saying they have to be picked for the team. Essentially, if we did reject him for that reason then I'm with him because we can't take players that have to be picked for the team because it's not right because ultimately they get in and all of a sudden the morale in the, in the dressing room goes down because you know if you're, a position, if you're a player in the same position you're not going to in that squad because they've got to be played so I don't blame whoever it was Morris or Koku for saying no I don't want them uh, Paul Watson on Twitter I'm not for one minute saying the football is good but I'm getting sick of our toxic fans every home game I've been spoilt with the six years of challenging every year and now I think it's our God-given right to do it going forward too. We all have our opinions, but don't be a dick. Yeah, this goes on to what I was saying uh, a minute ago about obviously have a debate, whatever. The toxic fan thing, it, it, is, it does obviously rear its ugly head. Um, 
we are a fan base is very passionate about our club and wants us to you know obviously wants our club to do well we've been in this championship for far too long now but it isn't our god-given right we've had our attempts to go up like i said four times in the uh, or five times in the playoffs in the what last six years no 13 14 See, uh, four, thirteen, fourteen, you know, yeah, fifteen, yeah, yeah. That's what the guys got rather. Yeah, so we've been in the playoffs four times, been to two playoff finals, and we've not, we've not done it. You know, so it's he's right. It's not a god given right, but you know, like you say, six years we've been spoiled. Not many teams have six attempts at it. You know, and we we've failed so. And I think, you know, that's where the, the disappointment and anger comes because it, it feels like, yeah, we should by now, just by probability, if you if you said to someone six times out of ten, yeah, you get out of there, you'd think, yeah, all right, but we're not. We're just not getting over that line for whatever reason. Um, but he's right what we're saying, you know, we all have our opinions and that's fine. But, as he said, don't be a dick. That just because someone's got a different opinion, there's no need to call, you know, call them out on it or make them feel down about it. You know, you're all entitled to your own opinion. I'm not going to, you know, slate you because you're cock out. You know, I'm not going to slate someone, you know, cock- you know. Put it this way, I was very ruse in, and, you know, I wanted ruse to play and I'd stick up for him. And I got, oh, you're stupid, mate. Oh, you're crazy, mate. You know this. No, I've just got a different opinion. I look at things different than you. All of a sudden, when I were is Hamish, well, you know, Hamish come in and I was a bit wary of him, but he's done all right in my opinion. I think he's done all right. You know, we, you know, we were missing someone that's commanding his area. He does it a bit better than Ruse. You know, he's just, you know when he he's not really a catcher of crosses, but he punches him. But bloody hell, when he punches him, they stay punched. He gets some distance on him, which is good. And that's what you want. He's not scared to knock players out of the way to come and punch across. Um, his shot stopping, you know, he's. The goals he's conceded since coming in. Uh, Blackburn, you know, a thunderous shot swerved away from him. Uh, and then obviously Sheffield Wednesday put it right in the corner. Could he have done better, perhaps? But I'm not. You know, it's one of them. Into you, you could you could you could say to any goalkeeper, could he have done? Could he have got that? Uh, and then uh, obviously Millwall's yesterday. Like I say, pace, power, swerved a lot on it. There's no way he was stopping that. Not from the distance out it was. So that you know, football's all about opinions. There's no right or wrong an- answer. It's opinion based. Uh, oh, that was a t- yeah. That's what Ryan Ryan said. So yeah, basically then. Um, yeah. So obviously I've mentioned the tweet from Ryan. The full tweet was Derby Digest. Upstairs, Merv, patient with PC, but fans vote with their voices and feet. PP is slowly losing it with him. Also seems PC, which obviously Philip Koku, is losing patience with his squad. Not seen him use the media like that before. Sent a clear message, I need better players. So yeah, that was obviously what I was saying about the written press, about him saying that we doesn't think Wayne Rooney is going to be enough. He is losing patience with his squad. That goes back to obviously the one about the frustration that he showed. And obviously, like I say, Upstairs have patience with him, but yeah, you know we do. But we are booing. We are talking on social media. We are leaving. You know, not going to matches and stuff like that. But we can't expect perfection every year. And Koku needs time. The board have got to give him time. We've got to give him time. He needs more, better players in his squad. Uh, Brandon Meeks on Facebook. What happened? What what needs to happen for us to start being consistent? That is a great question. Um, <laughs> I think only the manager can. No, the, the consistent thing is hard. The fact is, we've been hampered with injuries to key players: Clark, Shinny, Bielik, Huddleston. You know, Martin started late. Marriott started late. Home started late. We can't get a consistent eleven. Keo sacked. We can't get a consistent. We can't get consistent performance if we're not having a consistent eleven. Yeah, making one one change or two changes perhaps every couple of games. Nothing wrong with that. But you know, changing every game 
and having to change shape as well to accommodate these players. You know, because we can, I do say we can talk about shapes. You know, we, we can talk about shapes all we like, whether it's four one four one, four two three one, four three three, four four two. You can talk about how you like. At the end of the day, if you're not playing football, the shape doesn't matter. But yeah, no. It, it, to be consistent, we are consistent. We're consistently poor at the moment. <laughs> there you go. There's a spin on it. Um, but no, we need we need to get a consistent eleven and. Uh, once you've got that consistent 11, you can have that consistent shape. Because then I think, at the end of the day, Cocker's preferred formation is 4-3-3, which, have we, if we had a couple of decent out-and-out wingers, you know, we've got Yozovzun, but again, he, no. He just, I don't know, he, seemed, he can make an impact off the bench, but he can't do it for 90 minutes. But then we've got another winger, really. Lawrence, for me, is not a winger. You know, he's a 10 more than a winger. You know, he just wants to cut inside all the time. We need wingers to get to the byline and put balls in the box. So, you know, ultimately, he wants to play a 4-3-3. So he'll be looking to play, he'll be looking to get players that can play this 4-3-3. And then perhaps maybe away from home, he'll switch to a 4-2-3-1 just to be a bit more defensive. And that's fine. But we've got to get people fit. We've got to get people staying fit. And if we have, if people, you know, yes, you're going to get injuries. It's part of football. It's part of the season. What we need is replacements that can come in there adequate to the players they're replacing, which at the moment we have not got. Uh, Instagram then. Where do you reckon Rooney will play best? I, well, where do I reckon he'll play best? I think he, uh, it depends what formation we play. He'll either slot into the 10 roll if we play 4-2-3-1, or he will... If we play four three three, he'll slot in as one of the midfielders. You know, one of the one of the guy, one of the midfielders that are getting forward. You know, so I think I think that's where you're playing. And then you know, if need be, he didn't play striker at the moment. I'd be tempted to put him up front because our strikers at the moment aren't firing. But again, you could say the midfield aren't creating. So that's a tough question. You know, especially with the state of the squad at the moment. So that was Ollie Riley on Instagram. Ollie Riley underscore. Uh, Blake DCFC on Instagram. What positions do you do you think we need we have to improve on when January comes? Uh, so we need a centre back. I think ours are too old at the moment. Um that's no disrespect to Forsyth and Davis, but I just think, you know, Forsyth is three ACLs, you're never gonna be the same. Davis, like I've said, age. I'd I'd like to see Wisdom going at centre back, so you know I'd like to see another centre back that could partner perhaps Wisdom for next season, or obviously Clark when he's fit, whichever. Uh, we need some wingers definitely, and we need some creative attacking midfielders. And if Marriott goes again, I'd I'd look to get a striker in. So I'd look to, look at about four or five players to be honest. Uh, Oh no, I've made an error here. Oh no, sorry. And then Callum six four two on Instagram. Derby mid to bottom at best. Okay, yeah, I I I, I agree. I think like I said, I think they'll be mid table. You know, um, we will start picking up wins. You know, or you know, we we won't. I, I can't see us being a relegation scrap. You know, I think, you know, we all know January is important. And January, to be honest, has never been strong for us. So it's now time for it to be strong for us, for us then to kick on and push on and start getting results in the new year. Because that's half a season done. You know, the the league's never, well, well, you say the league's never won at Christmas, which seems like it has. West Brom are flying at the moment. Um, But obviously the playoffs are still up for grabs. You know, we saw last season the playoffs were up for grabs till final day. So, but I think you know we're looking at perhaps perhaps mid table. You know, and, and maybe a final push upper half of the mid table, so ninth or tenth, something like that. Um, G underscore legend on Twitter. We are lacking creativity in the middle. Do you think setting up in a diamond and the lack of width is not helping us going forward? Um, I thought we did all right in the diamond, to be honest. I think, you know, we got some of our best performances because we packed out the midfield. And we got, you know, we got numbers around in midfield. And 
it allowed a little bit, of, you know, a bit, bit more space for our wingers, um, which I think it worked fine for, for Jaden Bogle because he doesn't mind getting four. But Scott Malone, on the other hand, I think he's, you know, I don't know. He's he's such an inconsistent player. You know, one minute he can be, you know, he can be the best thing since last bread. The next thing he's, he's absolutely, you know, he's toss, just to put it lightly. Um, but we saw, obviously, bringing Lawrence into the middle, it worked with two strikers. So, I think, you know, playing the diamond may suit us, but I do think the lack of width, having wingers, yeah, that isn't helping us get forward. Because we haven't, like I said, we haven't got any out-and-out wingers and we need them. Luke Swarbrook then on Facebook. I miss the manager who puts his arm around the players and addresses the fans after the game. Koku is so dry, I can only imagine the difference as a player to go from Lampard to Koku. Yeah, so every manager is different. You know, I'm glad I'm glad someone asked this to be honest. Um we I'm hearing it a lot, seeing it a lot. Koku's got no passion. Koku's not this, Koku's not that, Koku's boring, Koku, you know. Right, one, let's look at the language barrier. You know, he's not gonna be fluent in English. He takes his time to talk to make sure he's Obviously, saying the right word. Sometimes you can you hear him stalling because he's struggling for the right word. The arm around the player thing. He does put arm around his players. You know, we don't always see it though. He does show a bit of passion on the touchline, but we're not watching the touchline all the time. No, he doesn't run up and down like Lampard did. But the camera's not on him like Lampard was, like it was with Lampard. Sorry, you know the cam the camera always went to Lampard. Now, first game of the season when we scored, no one looked at Lampard's reaction until they saw it on the camera. Um, he addressed this, in, you know, in, in his interview. Like I think it was after it was after the Sheffield Wednesday game. He said, "Just because I'm calm on the outside and calm to you guys on um, who, who are interviewing him, doesn't mean he is in the changing room. He wasn't calm in the changing room." at half-time at Sheffield Wednesday. I doubt it was against Millwall. He will show his anger. He will get angry at the players. He just, he's, just not, he's just one of the managers that doesn't, you know, he doesn't address things publicly like other managers do, like Lampard did. But Lampard is the only manager for me that did fly up and down the touchline, did kick every ball, did head every ball. For example, Steve McLaren used to sit in the stands during games. You know, everyone, you know, not everyone, but, you know, there's, there's, there is a lot of fans that are still wrapped up in Lampard last season. You know, last season will live long in the memory because you had a legend, you know, essentially an England legend coming to managing you. Managing you? Coming to manage you, you know, our club. With that brought a lot of media attention. You know, and we know how active they were on social media as well. They're not this year. Um, even if you if you if you if you're still following the likes of Jody Morris, not very active on like he was last year. You know they were like you know one of the lads, but Koku's different. He's older for a start. He's got different ways of of doing it, and you you can't you can't sort of critic a manager for that, I guess. But I know I, I get what you're saying, but we don't know what goes on in the, in the dressing room. Um, you know, so it, of course it's nice to have a manager that bombs up and down the touchline is, you know, is quite vocal and, you know, shows his emotions. It's nice to have that because you know how the feeling, you get that feeling as well. But, you know, he's, he's the only manager that's, that's done it in recent history. DCFC talk, no cocku, no party on Twitter. Discuss the obsession of the ridiculous high unrealistic unrealistic expectations of DCF, DCFC fans and also if investment does come in we need to sort our recruitment team out, out paying for it now by having such a poor squad. Yeah, so I've I've addressed those things. Um I've touched on them. But yeah the the again the the obsession with the ridiculous ridiculously high unrealistic realistic expectations it's not bad to have high expectations, um, but we have to have a bit of a reality check this season. 
I've said it many times. I didn't think we'd go. You know, it was just at the whole situation, the whole Lampard taking his time to decide we was going to Chelsea, losing all those players, not really signing. When we, you know, majority of our players this season are coming on loans, apart from Bielik and Shinny. Obviously, Shinny was a free. Lampard brought him himself. Um, and then Bielik, you know, it's, you know, it says 10 million, but it'd be nowhere near that. The 10 million is with add-ons. But, you know, you have to look at this squad and, and look at how many players are missing out of this squad. I mean, when I wrote my article yesterday, I I sort of had to triple check that I had, had the numbers right, that we, you know, 16 players left this summer. Um, and eight, eight players, including the Lonies, were first-team players. You add to that eight the loss of Keogh, the loss of Huddleston to injure, injuries. That's ten players. We could, we could, you could pretty much make a squad, you know, make a first team out of, out of the players that have left. So we we do need to take a bit of reality check as fans and think, yeah, okay, right, is it? But I know, and I know, and I know we're expecting good performances, but again, sometimes managers need time. To, to get those performances, to get the squad playing. Yes, they haven't been great over the last few games. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We have been a dis- you know, we've been abysmal over the last few games. And it has to change. Only the players can do that and only the manager and coaches can do that. You know, and the players have got to want to do that. So yeah, we need to personally I think we need to lower our expectations definitely. You know, and then obviously on the investment, uh, we need to start recruitment. Yeah, the, the recruitment team. I've, I've touched on that. We are it is poor. We have, you know, I keep seeing it as well. We need to get rid of this, 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 and that in January. We can't. You can't. You can't just get rid of a player like that. You can't sack them. You know, terminating their contract would be expensive. Plus, I think both parties have got to agree as well. You can't just go, right, you're, you're shite, you're out of contract now. It doesn't work like that. Teams have to want to come in to buy these players. So, you know, we we, we are going to be stuck with, with some of them. I don't, you know, Jaden Bogle, again, is the only one that's potentially going to go. You know, I'm not sure who else, you know, who, who else would. So, at the moment, we are, we are stuck with these players and our recruitment has been poor. Like I say, Bradley Johnson, Butterfield, the likes, you know, Anya. Oh, Anya's still here, isn't he? But he's not played a game in how many, however many years. Butterfield and Johnson signed from what was it about twelve million for the pair of them? Didn't make any money back on them. Yeah, their their recruitment's been poor. You know, and you, like I said, like you, you may, you may not know, but the the the, the chief, the head scouts, the Joe McLaren, Steve McLaren's son, and I can't remember his name, but it, it it's Mel Morris's stepson. This is something that needs to be addressed, and hopefully, Koku is allowed to use his scouts and his contacts to get some players in that he knows can do a job. You know, we've already looked at some. There's been some names that popped up that I've never really seen before or heard of before. They won't be from our scouts. You know, they'll be from. Koku and Koku scouts, Koku's contacts. You know, it's like I can't, I don't know how to pronounce his name. So, but that guy uh, at Fenerbahce, you know, he's. I think Koku brought him in. You know, I think we're looking at getting him. You know, Fenerbahce don't want to sell, so he's not really playing for him. So potentially a loan move might be on on the cards for him. But he's a young, young midfielder, somebody we need. You know, Koku knows him. He knows what he can do. So you know, like I said. January is what now? Two, three weeks away. And it, it for us fans, it cannot come quick enough. I've got three more. Wow, I didn't realise I had this many. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Daniel Warren on Twitter. Why does Jack why does Jack Marriott not get a look in, in the squad? Because again we don't know the ins and outs of it. You know, you'd think he would, but his form has been poor over the last few months. 
So that's probably why. Also, it has he got stuff you know that's cracking off behind the scenes again that you know we we don't know about. Yeah, I wish we did know about. It. It'd be nice if someone did come out and go, yeah, he's not. He, he does this. He does that. But again, that dents the credibility of a player, which then potentially puts his career in jeopardy, which no club would ever really do to a player. Oh, there's no name on this one. But this one's on Facebook. Sorry, I don't know. Don't know who who said this. Not sure. I've not got your name on this one. Um, yes, I feel pretty. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's. Um, uh, that's my fault. It's because I just, when I when I when I got the um, screenshot, <laughs> I didn't want it all. Um, oh, that's it. Yeah, I know it is. So yeah, it's, it's Roy Gibson on Facebook, and he's, he's, he was just mentioning a few things in my article, but then he obviously asked a question. So yes, I feel pretty low now about the state of things, but to all the moaners and those that. Oh, to all the moaners and those that are not helping by booing the team, I would ask, what are your plans for dealing with the situation and what lineup would you play? Now, obviously that was directed at booers, people that want Koko out, etc. But yeah, he's got a point. What lineup would you play? I I sort of gave mine. Um I would look at resorting to the diamond formation. However, it depends who's fit. And like I say, I'll call it out now, but my, my starting lineup would be, you know, it's a toss-up between Ruse and Hamer. Either or doesn't bother me. Left-back low. Centre-backs, for me, Forsyth and Wisdom. Right-back, Jaden Bogle. You're holding midfielder, Bielik. Jason Knight and Dwayne Holmes, your two midfielders as it stands. This is before January. If not, Rooney would be in there somewhere. Lawrence at the 10. And then Martin and Marriott up top. That would be my lineup at this moment, at this moment in time. I feel that is something we can get the best out of. But obviously, it depends on personnel, injuries, fitness. You know, again, with Marriott, with all the things, we don't know why he's being picked. That would be my team at the moment. So, I ask you, if you, if you, if you are listening to this, um, let me know your team. Comment Twitter. You can DM me if you want, um, or comment on the on, on the post when I post this up. Facebook again. Feel free to to message me or on Facebook, uh, or you can obviously comment on the post. So yeah, let let me know your team. Be interesting, and we'll do it as in before January, so before Rooney arrives. So you can't have Rooney on your side as much as we all want to. And it has to be the squad that's out. It has to be the team that's fit. We'll say Bielik is fit. Because currently, obviously, I know he's on the bench, but he is fit and he should be ready for Saturday. Last question then comes from George Aspinshaw on Facebook. I can, well, it's a comment. I can see it now. Koku to be sacked very soon and Wayne Rooney to be his imminent replacement. Sorry, but the football under Koku has been shocking. No real fight or real desire to go and take control of the games. So would you say the football was shocking at Middlesbrough, at home, at Preston, Birmingham? Uh, would you say it was shocking then? Because actually, that even Forest away, I know we lost, but I wouldn't say it was shocking. Performances looked good then. We looked like we were starting to click, starting to gel. However, Clark injured. Bielik took a knock. Shinny injured. All of a sudden, it fell apart. Wayne Rooney's not even completed his coaching badges yet. I know I get people's feelings about Wayne Rooney being the manager, but he's not doing his coaching badges. He's not got any expensive coaching yet. He's not going to be Frank Lampard at the moment, number two. Potentially in the future, maybe. Who knows? But not right now. He's not ready. If Rooney came in, it I couldn't see it being the way it was with Frank Lampard. Because Frank Lampard had experience. He had Jody Morris, again, who was an experienced coach. He was an experienced manager in the, uh, in, the, in the youth leagues. By his side. So I just can't see it at the moment. You know, Rooney himself says he's here to be a player. He still thinks he can... Uh, fit it. Uh, he still thinks he can, can do it in the Premier League. With Derby County as well, is what he was saying. So he's not ready to be a manager yet. He wants to continue playing football. But, you know, I, I see your point and that's fine. 
Yeah, the football has been shocking the last few games, but it's not been shocking all season. So that's my show then, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to all those that commented. Uh, I hope you appreciate my answers. <laughs> Whether you agree with me or you don't agree with me, you know, that, that's up to you. That's fine. You know, like I said, football is about debate. It's about opinions. That's what I'm here to do on the show. Um, if you want to interact with me and have more debates and opinions with me, that is fine. I'm, I'm also up for that. You know, I won't slate you if you don't agree with me. If you cock in, cock out, doesn't bother me. Um, but yeah, follow me at Rams Writer on Twitter. On Instagram, I'm at the underscore Rams Writer underscore podcast. And on Facebook, just search the Rams Writer and there's a page there. Feel free to join. So thank you so much for listening. As always, I shall see you next time. Come on, Darby.